Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Random Randy, and uh, today, you know, I thought I'd go a little bit further back in time than we have been, a little bit further back than the Revolutionary War, a little bit further back than the Civil War. We're going to take a look at what, in my opinion, is a uh, is a key period in time where we had the shift from uh, what was known as the Roman Empire uh, kind of shifts over to like the Holy Roman Empire. So there's this like changing of the guard or changing of the times that happens seems to be roughly every couple hundred years. There's like a definite shift, maybe even every century. So what led to where we are today? What was the past like? Uh, these are the questions and so, of course, when we look into Wikipedia, we're looking at the opinions of the authors. So, you know, keep that in mind. But I, I wanted to point out something, and that's the fall of Constantinople. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard that uh, that song, but I think it's, in fact, it's, they, they might be giants, right? Istanbul, Constantinople. Yeah, so you've heard it. What are they talking about, right? They're talking about the world getting turned on its head, much like it's being turned on its head today so the fall of constantinople also known as the conquest of constantinople was a capture of the capital of the byzantine empire now when we see references to different quote empires keep in mind that just like you see stated here eastern roman empire byzantium okay so in the in the driver's seat uh in the pilot's chair of all of these different empires, Russian Empire, uh, French Empire, at the center of all of these, you still have this, and I will call it the same control structure, guys. Um, and, uh, you know, they're given different names, different empires. So why don't we just call it the empire and leave it at that? So think of it like, like Star Wars, you have the Empire and you have the Rebellion. So that's the, the easiest way to understand the dynamic behind all of these very fractal changes happening throughout the world. Now, why is this interesting? Because at this period of time, in the late 1400s, this is the end of the Middle Ages, or what we've come to understand as the medieval period, ushering in a new time period, right? Also, it's a turning point in military history, okay? Uh, since ancient times, cities and castles had depended upon ramparts and walls to repel invaders. Now, what's interesting about this statement is now we have star forts that they tell us a vast majority of them were uh, built in the 17 and 1800s, some of which in Europe going further back. But... If military history was so different, and this was such a turning point in military history, why did they continue to build the same types of fortifications, even though the use of gunpowder, cannons, and bombards had become commonplace? So, you know, that's the question. Uh, and something I'll point out, guys, is when you start to look into all of these different empires, all of these different groups, we have the same families, we have the same crests. I mean, the symbolism is there if you want to see it. The underlying control structure is there, regardless of the name placeholder, okay? It is the same. Uh, and, you know, I, 
<clears throat> as much as some people like to disagree with uh, what Ewar and <clears throat> and Wooden Nichols are over there doing, um, kind of disassembling the Tartaria hypothesis, you know, I admire the fact that they're stepping into something that is controversial to begin with and bringing about pieces of truth. But what I think they're missing is some of the uh, details behind why Shadow Roam is a thing or what Shadow Roam even is. So in a couple of his videos, he's talking about Shadow Roam and, uh, you know, he, he, it's kind of vague. So if I could, please allow me to elaborate. Shadow Roam has been in the background all this time, all through history. Uh, previous to Shadow Roam, we call it Shadow Greece, right? Previous to that, we call it, uh, you know, whatever it was before that, because we have the names that are given by the victors today, right? So 1453, this was apparently only a 53-day siege. So it must have been pretty brutal, pretty interesting, pretty amazing. The Siege of Constantinople miniature. Look at this, guys. And, you know, when we see star forts, you can imagine instead of just uh, ramparts and things, Imagine if there were walls on the tops of those ramparts. This is maybe something of what it would look like. And to me, wow, this looks very similar to like the Emerald City, you know, <laughs> just saying uh, it's some interesting stuff, guys. Now, why then also, you know, the main question about the whole Tartaria thing is why do we see this infrastructure all around the world? I mean, asylums in the U.S., et cetera, et cetera, because, guys, because in the background of all of this, the background of all of this, we have the same control entity okay so when did it the current version start up right around this time fall of constantinople uh watershed of the late middle ages etc so forth now uh, of course <laughs> constantinople had been an imperial capital uh the empire remember since its consecration in 330 of course it would be in 330 right because we have to have the mark of the mason within all of this information. So this is something that you should probably pay attention to when you see history written and you see these numbers coming up again and again, pay attention, okay? It's a stamp. It's a stamp telling you that, guess what? This whole thing is under Imperial, or you can also call it, uh, much to some folks' behest, Masonic control, or the control of the fraternity behind the scenes, okay? Now, all these different crusades, they're all different arms of division or consolidation. They use division and consolidation to confuse and to wipe history clean of undesirable mentions. Okay, so it's something to point out. And, uh, you know, you can find all of this information, guys, on Wikipedia. This is just your mainstream stuff, but I'm trying to present an idea here through some of these things okay um it, it's wild guys it's wild so that's one now let's go take a look and that's the uh the colossus here right so let's go take a look at something else here so, you know, that got me looking into all these different wars. But, you know, one thing I wanted to point out is it starts with that. Uh, that fall of Constantinople, right? And, and there were several Constantinopoles, if I'm not mistaken. Same with Alexandria. 
And something I'll point out, guys, is when you see something happening in over here in France, right? And you're like, oh, okay, it was just the French Revolutionary War. And we're going to go on to this now. So subject change, French Revolutionary War. Series of sweeping military conflicts lasting from 1792 until 1802. So you know that period of time, about the time the Revolutionary Wars, the American uh, or North American Revolutionary Wars. We also had uh, Revolutionary Wars happening in Mexico, South America. I mean, this was happening everywhere. This was a changing of the guards, a shifting of the season. Okay, so it's happening everywhere. This is the Eastern Hemisphere version of the revolution. Now, needless to say, guys, the the idea that a revolution was happening and that the, the little guy could win, it was just a misnomer. It was just, you know, silly to say the least. But a lot of people bought it. A lot of people, you know, were conscripted and just paid to engage in these conflicts. Okay. Now, France was against Britain. Austria, Prussia, Russia, and several other monarchies. So what I'm thinking and what it looks like to me is there was a genuine revolution that started up in the 1700s uh, in France. Um, personal opinion, this was by design. This was a shift to nationalism instead of empirical reign. Okay, so they were bringing in the new new and, and that new new or the true true uh, was nationalist mentality. OK, and in the U.S., it would be called like statist, but it's still nationalist. Right. You have the, you know, uh, Confederate nationalists. You have the Union nationalists. They're all about their country. You know what I mean? So um, interesting stuff. The war of the first coalition. So we have a different a different axis or alliance going on in each part of these wars, different shifting of the powers in play. Um you know, you're probably going to want to do some research into this time period yourself so that you can understand kind of what I'm saying. But the bottom line is, in the background of all of this revolution, guys, we have the monarchies just trying to keep control. The way that they keep control, guys, is by putting across the illusion of a state or nationalist society that has some form of democratic uh, or Republican kind of uh, rule. So, wow, that was loud. Anyway, so they go and, and they're like, okay, people don't like our monarchies. So let's break them. We're going to break the monarchy up, but no individual person, king, is going to really lose face in this. And and this is what you see happening. None of these guys lose face. They They might shift. Some goes from France to Spain, monarchy to monarchy, um, maybe go to a different country out, become the king of some smaller country. Um, and then that smaller country then, you know, incurs a revolution and uh, someone might become a prime minister. So you see these same families falling right into their little niches all the way across the board. And and the biggest one, guys, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, is the uh, the Habsburgs. Uh, that's, you know, a, a pretty big, big deal here. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm getting all over the place here, but, uh, you know, I want to point out that the, this concert of Europe, which happens after the French revolution is like the, 
the consensus, the general consensus amongst these great powers to maintain their spheres of influence. Okay. So meanwhile, in the background of all of this conflict, all of this conflict, guys, from the French Revolution to the Russo-Turkish War, I, I mean, and, you know, when we see these name places for these wars and these battles, remember, it's very important to remember that these are the names given by the people who won or got what they wanted out of this, okay? So Russo-Turkish War, French Revolution, uh, Tanzimat, you know, all of these different things, the Concert of Europe, uh, I mean, on and on, different principalities, different treaties, making different little agreements to keep certain people happy. Now, one idea is that the Ottoman Empire, uh, the Turkish Empire, may have been something different when we look a few hundred years back okay um but something i wanted to point out is now the treaty of constantinople a different constantinople mind you um was uh you know between greece and the ottoman empire and the greek war of independence which is here also known as the greek revolution so so see all of these uh, these are just examples of the many revolutions taking place during this time Okay, many, many, many. And we have different uh, kingdoms kind of popping up or, or eyelets of Egypt, vassals of North Africa. So, you know, we've got a shifting of names, but really it's the same thing. The power is still staying in the hands of that fraternity in the background. Okay, so it's just important to point that out. And um you know, it, it was divide and conquer, guys. We see this happening today, just in regular society. Um, divide and conquer. And when you're on the verge of a one world unified everything, how do you divide and conquer people? You divide them by religion. You divide them by sexuality. You divide them by gender, right? Like you create all these other types of division by creating all these different types of gender or types of sexuality or types of religion. And, and you just continually break it down meanwhile on the tail end of all of this disillusion and breaking down of everything you have some strange form of unity happen right like france becomes big and badass at the end of the uh, french revolutionary war now uh, this napoleon entity is created and comes to power and and rules and 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 becomes an you know an emperor in himself so we see the shift going straight back to consolidation of power. We tear it apart, then we consolidate it. Now, did these wars actually look like this? You know, I don't know. Probably not. I'm sure there was some high tech happening, but there were a lot of regular dudes fighting with regular weapons on regular horses with regular outfits. Okay, like th that was a thing. Now, does that mean there wasn't something going on in the background to facilitate this power shift or create, like we were looking at last time, different cataclysmic events as force multipliers in war? You know, that's, we see it happening today. Why would it not have happened then? And also, why would there not in the background of all of this war be innovation happening? All of this war, all of these unions, treaties, different things. Okay, agreements, right? This just goes to show the power of the pen and paper, guys. Because you can have these wars, and then guess what? 
piece of paper comes out. Suddenly the war's over. Suddenly nobody has any more disagreements. Malarkey. That's just bogus. So, you know, I know I'm not doing the most fantastic job of illustrating that all of this division is planned. And, uh, you know, but I still wanted to present the thought itself and uh, kind of point in this direction so that later we can do some deeper digs into all of these mainstream narratives. Right. And look at the time frame, guys. This is right before the supposed independence of America or the, you know, uh, 1776 in, in the United States. So piece by piece, these things are happening and they're still happening to this day. Okay. It's very, very fractal in essence, guys. When you, when you look at fractal mathematics and the way that works, we see a similar spread and consolidation happening all over the world through these wars. Okay. Now, Tanzimat is interesting. Uh, it's Ottoman Turkish for reorganization. So it's interesting that they don't call the rest of these wars or battles reorganizations. But when it comes to the Turks, they're all about uh, telling us exactly what's going on. And you will find that. You will find the truth embedded in the history of a different land than you're from. Um, I was watching Netflix the other day, and I know, boo, Netflix, boo. But I was watching this Turkish show called The Gift, talking about uh, hidden underground passages beneath Gobekli Tepe. And there was quite a few little truth bombs in there. And, you know, a lot of it has been separated apart because in the past, we as Americans, English-speaking folks, would never have known what the behind-the-scenes story in Turkey was, <laughs> right? Like, we had our own books to read, and they were in English, and it only gave us the narrative we're supposed to be subscribing to. So, and if you're, uh, you know, tuned into this wondering why, like, uh, this stuff isn't spreading faster uh some of the information that i'm putting out it's because this is the stuff that frankly you know these fraternities don't really want people to understand they just don't uh it's relegated to the fringes of society and the fringes of the internet now this uh, interesting stuff modernization guys modernization this <laughs> this is modernization happening all around the world that's that shift that i'm telling you this hundreds of years long shift of division and reconsolidation happening all around the world these are just some these are just some examples okay and uh you know i i hope the thought's not lost on everybody out there um, and, you know, just to point out, how did I come across this? Well, I was investigating something called Russian round ships. Okay. I was uh, investigating those. Oh, that's just disgusting. Uh, you, you see what fringes of the internet these things are relegated to? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> and if you don't think that all of this stuff is put out, for specific purpose to divide us and everything else you're crazy it is so i was looking into these round ships why they couldn't uh you know build regular ships and it was because of this this treaty of paris 
closing the Black Sea to all warships and prohibiting fortifications uh, and the presence of armaments on the shore. So they did away with this would be the period in time, guys, where they would start doing away with a lot of those fortifications, just maybe burying them, uh, maybe just destroying them outright, maybe causing some form of a flood or, or a different type of event to fill them in with mud. You know, who knows, right? We don't honestly know the whole story, but this is one of those situations that was like weird to me. Interesting. Why? Why would they have to make these crazy round boats? And if you've ever seen these crazy round boats, guys, uh, they're wild. Um, it's not the best. There we go. Okay. So this was when they were basically told they can no longer occupy their fortified star forts and this and that some of them took to the seas and fortified their own so this is a struggle for independence on like a very personal level happening at this point in time okay um incredible incredible stuff but um back to the invasions and wars and all these shifts so these are just some of the examples now go look at the podcast i was speaking with andy rouse about uh, Switzerland and, and like the history behind that bank there. Okay. This is how it all comes about. This is how the banks take over things. They cause war in an area, move the people out. Once they get the, the right uh, demographic in their area, they then stitch it back together. Okay. They didn't stitch it back together. So I, I know it's not like the most concise thought, but I, I still wanted to put it out nonetheless. And, uh, and begin to try to dig into this muck and mire that is our history. Um, because within all of this history, embedded within it, are the stories of many. And there are many stories embedded between the lines that we are simply not supposed to know. Not at a very base level, not on the face of things. So, you know, look between the lines, read between the lines um inquire with yourself what how does this feel how does this particular invasion make me feel uh etc cetera, etc cetera, you know um that's that's the thing that's the thing i want to you know point out and, and uh and i know it's not the most concise thought but it's shared nonetheless okay we see the same thing going on today uh what the shift has been most recently was a shift from these nations now to corporations that's the last hundred years that's the last 200 years that's what the shift has been okay so you know don't take it from me look into this stuff yourself uh even if you just look at what's going on on wikipedia it can give you an idea of the division the separation and the reconsolidation of power meanwhile in the background what do we always have guys what do we always have we always have the two pillars, right? <laughs> we have the polarity. We have the two pillars of society. We have the establishment being built from within in the background, right? All that this picture is missing, guys, is a checkered floor. And you would understand what I was saying. So that's the uh, the gist of this random thought. I want to thank you all for tuning into a random rant. Um but, you know, I couldn't leave well enough alone. This year, I'm looking at these things going, wow, you know, am I the only one seeing this? Am I the only one seeing that this thing has been happening in the background for a long time? And that the idea 
being spread by this uh, Tartaria thing is being pushed so ardently. Like, guys, this thing is being pushed so hard by YouTube, TikTok, etc. Where's TikTok created China? What's China Communist Party nationalist, right? So in inferring from all of that information, this is being pushed for a reason. Um, some of it's profit for some people. Some of it's, you know, um, a lot of people are seeking the truth. But I think, guys, the truth is so nasty and so dirty and so just messy that most folks don't want to deal with it. They don't want to think about not only what happened back then and and the devastation and the, you know, usurping of power, um, but ultimately, guys, power stays in the power structure. It it changes faces. It changes faces, you know, um, it changes faces and it changes names, but it stays the same. It still is. You know, when you go and drive down to your local park in your in your hometown, it's still facilitated by the Rotary Club and the Lions and the Elks Club and all these fraternal organizations. And to be quite honest, I'm not saying fraternities are a bad thing. I'm not saying even Freemasonry or the Masonic uh, entity is a negative or bad thing. But there have been some negative things that have happened in the name of the future, in the name of modernization, that shouldn't be ignored they they shouldn't be neglected in this whole conversation about hidden history like listen guys a lot of it is being shown to us it's being shown however in a very biased way um so i guess i'm trying to present a kind of unbiased overall perspective from where i sit so for what that's worth to everybody you know um that is what it is. But uh, nonetheless, I wanted to share the thought and thank you for listening to my rant today, folks. And I hope this information finds you well.